As an Eucharistic minister, Margaret O'Connor has seen some things, things that caused this normally quiet and humble servant to speak up and chronicle oppression of women priests. She has tried to make the Catholic Church accountable for its sins quite loudly. You can read the chronicle of her findings in her book, Scandal in the Shadows, The Original Priest, Mother Mary. O'Connor has been anointed the title of modern day David. Her activism holds no boundaries. She has picketed, is a member of Call to Action, Roman Catholic Women Priests, the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, and so much more. Please welcome Margaret Mary O'Connor. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Debbie. Thank you. Serving a position in the church is not just a job. It's not just grabbing a paycheck. It is a calling. There's a huge sacrifice involved. When did you know that this was going to be your, your life? Well, actually, when I look back uh, as a young girl in the Catholic church, I happened to grow up in an Irish Catholic family. And our faith was very important. And my mother brought my brother Paul as a birthday gift, a replica of a church altar. So Paul immediately stepped behind the altar. He was going to be the priest. And myself and my twin sister, Pat, we grabbed two chairs and sat down in front of the altar. We were like the parishioners. And everything was going fine until some point, I remember, I stood up and I said, Paul, I want to play the part of the priest, and I'll never forget. He said, you're a girl. You can't be a priest. You have to be a man. <laughs> so that point was indelibly, you know, I learned that very quickly, that, gee, there's a difference between being a girl and a boy in the church. Well, then come a few weeks later, my mom was a church organist. And after the choir practice, she said to my sister, Pat, and myself, would you like to go and stand behind the altar? Well, we were just excited because you have to remember back in the 1950s, you didn't see girls up on the church altar. So Pat went behind the altar first, and it was my time, and I practically just got situated <laughs> behind the main altar and I'm looking out and I'm imagining on the weekends, like in the fifties, those church pews would be packed. I'm thinking to myself, oh, this must be so neat to be up there. And all of a sudden I hear this gruff voice. What are those girls doing up on that altar? They belong nowhere near this altar. Well, my mother then, she wasn't one to rock the boat, but she said back to the Monsignor, oh, that's right, Father, unless they're cleaning the altar. Wow. And he just immediately turned around and he left the church. I was concerned because that was my mom's boss. But you could tell just his whole tone, his demeanor, what a way to approach young girls with such a condescending. So that was another, 
indelible mark. When I went on into my 20s, I would hear at the time, I considered them rumors because we were always told, look, at there never were women priests in the Catholic faith within our early church history. So I would ask Monsignors and priests, no, no, there never were women priests. I got to a certain point in my middle life, and I wanted to study the faith more closely. Went to a seminary and, and took pastoral ministry. Well, they had a great research library, but I was very naive to think that I might find the answer there. Then I went on in my curiosity. It really was getting the better of me. I'm going to find an answer to this. So finally, after reading book after book, I came across wonderful books that this one is by Jan Vinschgaard's The Ordination of Woman in the Catholic Church. Gary Macy, a Protestant minister, The Hidden History of Woman's Ordination. And then there is a Catholic sister, Chris Schenk, Crispina and her sisters, a woman in authority positions. And as well, there's a number of other books written by women sisters and, and different biblical research experts, women from all across the country. Well, what I found was I learned that through biblical research, you can't find this in the Bible, something really wonderful and special that Jesus's own mother, Mother Mary, was actually a woman priest. And I threw the book up in the air. I was so excited. <laughs> then I went to pick it up and I'm going to refocus. Did I actually see? Did I read what I just, and sure enough, I did. But all of a sudden, that wonderful joy dissipated because I came to the realization that my own church had betrayed my trust. Hmm. I had been lied to. How do you ever digest something like that, let alone swallow it? And I'll tell you, there was a period there that I really <laughs> wasn't a happy camper. I thought, how am I going to move out of this? So who better than to follow Jesus's own example? What did he do? He spoke up in his own time against the church authorities back then. He not only spoke up, he also tried to enact change. I thought there are Catholics that know this, but whether you're a Catholic, a Christian, whatever your faith denomination is, there's millions of women, not only here, let alone here in the U.S., but go over to Ireland, go over to Australia, to Asia, to Africa, that have never heard this wonderful truth. Mm. And it really got the better of my conscience. Who are these? And some people might be offended, but I'm saying so-called men of God, because why is it right that they can keep, in a sense, this information hidden, and especially in the Catholic Church, with a big issue being woman's ordination, and then knowing Mary herself was a woman priest, 
this is terribly wrong. And I'm actually, it's like a grassroots effort. I wrote the book. I'm trying to get that knowledge, that wonderful truth out there. I'm a Eucharistic minister. I went as a lay person to a seminary and that's allowed as a woman at a, a master's in pastoral ministry. But yeah, as a woman, I never could go there and go further. So then there's that definite distinction. And yet right. we were baptized, whether you're a baby boy or girl, you receive the exact same baptism. So we are in fact equal in every way, except with the church fathers and their and church laws. Why do you think that is? Because it seems to only be the Catholic Church, doesn't it? Because other churches, women can be ministers. They are starting that. Yes, they have started that in other denominations. Well, I mean, the hard truth is they would have to come out and acknowledge that they haven't been giving us and again it's the truth there's five biblical reasons why women supposedly can't be a woman priest okay and they always state that they are emphatically biblical in nature where biblical research has proven that it's cultural prejudice Mm. That might be all right back in the dark ages, the middle ages. But I mean, seriously, we're in 2022 and our hierarchy has not said, look, at, we're sorry, but, you know, these aren't biblical. These were cultural uh, in nature. And that goes back also. They were the ones that started the law system. Unfortunately, in Italy, you had Catholic theologians that lived there. If you have laws, civic laws by Rome that are very demeaning to women, and then in that same culture, you have these Catholic theologians living, they basically shaped that law into church law. Well, let's face it, the woman had 10 strikes against them. And that's why, again, if you go way back into the early history of the church, this one canon lawyer, uh, he basically, women were at fault for everything, for men straying. They were she-wolves. They were night owls. They were sows. They were bitches. Every derogatory thing that you could call them, they were that. Women were looked upon as sinful. Women were looked upon as unclean. Now, what do I mean? At that time of month, and they were just abhorrent that Jesus had to come through his mother's birth canal, had to come through that blood, that that was so repulsive. But what that meant was that was a strike against woman. How could we have a woman up there on the altar if she's in this condition? So that was like a reason, in a sense, to prevent women from being on the altar. They were sinful. They were unclean. Then, if you move ahead, in 1976, the Pope has his own commission. It's called the Pontifical Biblical Commission. 
And they were looking right into that issue of women being priests. And this commission definitively found there's absolutely no reason, a biblical reason, why women can't be priests. Okay, hello. That was 1976. So my question is, why has there been no movement? Control. Back two years prior to that, there was an inter international theological commission, and they were looking into the question in 74 of women as deacons. This was amazing. They found three of the earliest Greek studies, and it showed men and women being ordained as deacons. They had to be on the altar. They both had to be in the presence of a bishop who laid hands over them and officiated in prayer. They were each given a stole to put around their necks. And then as well, they were given the cup to drink from. And the women were known as deaconesses. So my question is, here's a perfect example. Here's another commission that never fouled through and changed what they should have. So we have Pope Francis now in 2016 convening this brand new commission to look into whether women were deacons. Mm. Go back even into Vatican II, there was in the Constitution on the Church in the Modern World, I think it was Article 29, and basically that said they wanted to eliminate any type of discrimination within the church. Well, hello. <laughs> I mean, we can laugh about this, but really there's wow. this pattern that why isn't the church following the findings of their own commissions? Well, and even when you look at the, you've got the vow of chastity and the vow of poverty, how many stories do we hear of the vow of chastity being broken by priests and also the vow of poverty. I don't know about, you know, the money that the Catholic <laughs> is more than every country put in the world together, I think. <laughs> oh, I know. And it, it's sickening. There, I live in Buffalo, New York. And back in 2018, it broke that yeah. it, what was going on with the sexual abuse and that. And in fact, the seminary that I got my degree from has since closed. It's pretty bad when they have to close the seminary. But again, it went back to the hierarchy, whether it's the bishop, whether it's the cardinal. They had the discretion to determine if a priest did something wrong. They were the ones, not the police, that made the determination. Now, is that a sin or is it a crime? Well, miraculously, and this is awful, all of these pre-sexual abusers, that was seen, seen as a sin and not as a crime. Wow. So obviously that priest never went to the proper, was sent to the proper authorities and was basically let loose. That actually explains a lot. Yeah, it sadly does. And when, when is this hierarchy going to learn? Look at back, we know back in Boston, I think it was 2002 is when that all, 
awfulness came out and then there was the movie spotlight which was like you would have thought now we're going to enact new laws within the church supposedly to quell this until this is my own personal belief until the enablers i call them the bishop enablers the cardinal enablers until these individuals are arrested nothing's going to change this is still going to go on it's all about money and power too i think wants to give up their power nobody wants to give up their position i guess when you have to admit that there's a bad apple you almost have to look at okay why didn't i see that sooner why didn't i do anything about that before within the catholic church anyway there was a saying it was called pray pay and obey and of course this went on for decades but when you look at it my god it was wonderful for the hierarchy because there was absolutely no accountability it wasn't until the 70s after vatican ii that they basically started that the laity started getting involved and they were even still hoodwinked then they had no idea about the sexual abuse but it's like if you never have the ability to question or no you're not supposed to question well then there's a a certain complacency that that comes into play i just want any of the listeners to know vatican ii came out and they did say there was a constitution for the laity and that if you're a member of the laity and you have something important to say that you can speak out so that you're not i'm not breaking any law and let's face it the only way things are going to not only change but actually be cleaned up is if the hierarchy has to be accountable and and that's the problem i think that's the main reason why those i said the commissions nothing ever happens is because they're not being held accountable let's face it they're in the driver's (laughs) position because they came out centuries ago and made that pronouncement that no there never were women priests so they don't have the press hounding them find when i look over the years it's like anyone that tries to make a correction we're still fighting this issue But if you look at it in the context from the 1976 definitive statement that there never, there is no biblical reason to prevent women from becoming priest, the church has actually answered the whole question. Isn't that ironic? But yet we're still having to bring in all of these, like the biblical positions, our prejudice and all of the information I gave you about the commissions not following. We're stuck there. It's like we're going around and around in a circle. And the laity, like just as myself, I'm just a regular Catholic member of the laity. We all need to get involved. And we just need to speak up and speak out. And when I pick it, some people have the view of like years ago. I mean, it was awful when the unions first started. It was pretty rough. We have signs. And we don't yell or shout at all. It's actually very quiet. The shouting comes, unfortunately, when it's oftentimes the first time that people will will see this issue. 
And of course, they're very offended. And right away, some of them, some individuals, unfortunately, think that we are like lying, that we're making this up. Well, how can you say this? Our church has told us whatever. But I just would like uh, anyone listening to step back for just a minute and, and realize I would never have written this book if I didn't know that I could come out and I could speak from the position of truth because that's what's really given me the courage to do this because I know I would be questioned. And I'm just trying to bring such wonderful information. Let's face it, right now, our church anyway has an awful pre-shortage. And if there was any time in the history that we need women priests, and now is that time. What kind of pushback have you had for speaking out and writing this book? Have you been, have you, have you received a lot of negative pushback? Well, there was one incident in particular, and I'll never forget it. This was Sunday morning. It was a St. Patrick's Day. And I was picketing with another gentleman. There was just two of us. And we were in front of St. Joseph's Cathedral in Buffalo, New York. And when this sexual abuse came out back in 2018, the Diocese of Buffalo, it was 2018 or 19, they hired a retired FBI agent. And in the summertime, we were picketing at that same church. A woman was questioning things, and she talked with the FBI agent, and he went in, and as soon as the door closed, five police cars came one after the other. So now go ahead, and I'm on the St. Patrick's Day. I'm at that same church, and I'm talking to the same FBI agent. I did not initiate the conversation. Oh, and he ended it, have a good day. I hope it's not too cold out there for you. He turns around to walk up the stairs, and my heart just sunk. I see these five police cars, one after the other, pulling up. I mean, that's no coincidence, five police cars, and then so quickly. So they come out, and there's one on one side of my shoulder. There's another policeman on the other side of my shoulder. There's two behind me. There's one standing in front of me. I don't consider myself a criminal. And all of a sudden from behind, I hear in a real gruff voice, get across the street. Well, I was really confused. And I turned around and I said, officer, have they changed the ordinance for picketing? And there was dead silence. And the younger police officer said, ma'am, we're asking you nicely to uh, go across the street. So, of course, I didn't want to get arrested. So I went across the street, but I'll tell you, that was, to me, that was the most pathetic show of the police force. I mean, what would happen if there was some dire emergency, someone needed a policeman, and you've got five patrol cars with two officers, something's wrong. Wow, this is incredible. I think you are one of the bravest people I've ever met. And I'm just so blessed and thankful that you chose to come on my show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you.